Welcome to the podcast for WGTS Gateway Fellowship, a place that is about inspiring hope. You can learn more about us and hear more messages at mygatewayfellowship.com. Unwavering hope. Hope that is sturdy, firm, and strong, that is not going to move when the wind blows. Unwavering hope. Hope that stands on the solid rock and is not able to be budged by any means. Unwavering hope. For the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about hope. The name of our series has been God Hope. And if you were at Night of Hope (laughs) last week, you saw all these people walking around with these shirts that say, Got Hope on them, like Chaplain Terry had. Got Hope. Hope, hope. You hear the key word in all of this that I've said so far is? All right, just to make sure you're alive and listening. Hope. Hope. What is this? What does that mean? And there's all kinds of ways we can look and dig into this phrase of, of, of hope, this word, what it means, what it, how, how it can apply it to us. But I just want to be so honest with you this evening, share my story of what unwavering hope means. Would you pray with me? Oh God, thank you for this chance. Lord, I know that here in this place there is there is some brokenness, there is some confusion, there's some hurt. There's some doubt. There's all kinds of feelings right here in this room. And I pray, Father, that you, as the master of this world and of our hearts, that you would just calm us down right now. Let the anxiety cease. And let us be able to hear just a few words as we open up the scripture and reflect on the good news of hope. Father, as always, I pray that you would Comfort us where we are disturbed and disturb us where we're too comfortable and have your own way in this place. In Christ's name, let everybody say, Amen. I'm the youngest of three children. I'm the cutest of three children. I'm the strongest of three children, and I'm the best of three children. And I'm humble, too. It's like, no. Um, I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. Uh, I have two older sisters. And um, my family is incredibly close. I've, I've never been able to relate to a broken family. I've never just been able to relate to that. Because since the day I was born, my mother and my father told me they loved me every single day, all throughout the day, all the time. I mean, I leave the room, hey, love you. I enter the room, hey, love you. I mean, it was love in the Garza family. That's why I'm so nice today. I love all of you guys. (laughs) Love you, I love you, I love you. Since day one, it's always been that consistently. And love is so important. And it makes us who we are. Love is strong. As one song says, only love could leave such a mark and only love could heal such a scar. What would we do without love? 
And it's broke, it's, it has broke my heart so many times to talk to people who have not experienced that. And Pastor Terry, I thank God for the good news of, of Christ who tells us that we're all sons and daughters of a father who loves us. You're loved this evening beyond words. When I was younger, and I've shared this with some of you, but now it all makes sense in a different way. I was young, and my mom decided to go on a trip to Germany. My mom is German and French, and my father is Mexican. And every time I would say, I'm just, I'm just a little Mexican boy, she'd always be, and German. She always wanted me to represent. And um, she decided she was going to take a trip to Germany. And she did. And for whatever reason, she decided to take Jenny, who claims to be the best of the three kids. <laughs> and she is awesome. And I remember walking them to the airport, and everything was good. And, and I was so happy for them. And I was just walking with them like it was nothing. My dad was holding my hand. And, and we walked and walked, and everything was great. And they had all these bags. And I was helping the little bit that I could. Because I'm a little guy now. I mean, short. Not so little, but I was, I was, you can imagine how I was back then. Just this tiny, little, big head. I've always had a huge head. Just, just like, <laughs> just owning my body. And, and this little, short, Mexican-German boy just in total happiness with his family. And we were walking, and it was late. And um, everything was great. I, I was, it was a good time until we got to the security checkpoint. And then we realized that we weren't going to go any further. My father, myself, and my older sister, who was so, so cool at the time, so she was like not even paying attention to, to anything, <laughs> we had to stop. And mom and my sister Jenny kept going. And I was so confused. I was so confused. I was so sad that she started going on. And my sister Jenny was just rubbing it in my face in her own little way. <laughs> this is the same sister who, when I was sick as a little child, and I asked for some ginger ale, she said, sure, I'll get it to you. And she came and gave me back a cup, and I drank it. Oh, spit it out. It was a cup of vinegar. She just played a trick on me, just to let you know how loving she is. <laughs> But we're incredibly close, and I love Jenny to death, and we really are best friends. And, you know, she was happy to go, and my mom was happy to go, but I remember her feeling sad because her little boy was crying. And if any of you are mamas, you know how it feels to see your child cry. There's, there's nothing like it. And um, I started to weep. I mean, weep. <laughs> Just crying, crying, crying. <laughs> like that uncontrollable cry when you just, you can hardly keep it in. You're like almost choking because you're crying so much. That was me. And they walked away. And I remember, I remember it so clearly as she walked on. I cried and cried and cried. I couldn't even move. And my father picked me up and carried me. And I just cried. I cried myself to sleep. And I was so broken and so sad. And um, I thought she was never coming back. I didn't understand what a vacation was. And the only thing that would help me was when my dad would take me on these walks at Sligo Creek, right down the street. 
I mean, the next morning I woke up and I was sad. I was eating my cereal. Mommy, I miss mommy. Just sad, sad. The only thing that helped, and dad, you know, and parents do this. They, they see a problem. They're like, I got to find a way to fix this because this kid is driving me insane. So I'm sure, daddy, you just knew. Well, Pete likes going to the, to the woods and, and walking. And back then, Slago Creek was actually pretty clean. And we were walking barefoot in the creek. I, I don't think you could pay me enough to walk barefoot in the creek right now. And we would walk, and my dad put me on his back, and I was just hanging on to him. And we walked through, through this little creek, and it was covered with trees. And I remember at that, that moment, I told my dad, I said, Dad, this is what heaven is like. At an early age, I just felt this overwhelming presence of Christ and his love way before I even knew it, that it was him. And I told him, Daddy, this is what heaven is like. The only thing that gave me any peace was being with my dad in that creek. And as you know, Mama came back. This is just a vacation. And then seven years ago, we got some weird stuff started happening with Mama, and she started having these weird little seizures, and we didn't know they were seizures at the time, and we finally got through and found out what it was that Mama had a brain tumor. And it changed our world forever. She hung in there, and she fought really hard and took a lot of treatments, and you guys who have known me and have prayed with my family, I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. My family thanks you, and we love you so much for that. Because you know... I couldn't, we couldn't have done anything without you guys. But a couple of months ago, things started getting really bad. And Mama just started going downhill really, really fast. To the point where we ended up in a hospital room with my mom on a ventilator. And if you've been there before, you know how it feels. It's, it's hell. Christ talks of heaven on earth. This is hell on earth. And we were there, and we were broken. And finally we moved to a hospice where Mama passed on. Never been the same since, in a lot of ways. But one way that you may not suspect, that I didn't expect, and that's I've never been more hopeful than now. I've never been more hopeful than where I am right now. I remember my mom laying there and my family stood around her and we prayed and it hit me right then. Pete, this is what faith is about. This is what it's all about. We can come here and we can be cute, right? Because we do that a lot of times when we come to worship. We try to be cute, put on our nice clothes or whatever, and we listen to the pastors, and pastors can preach with power, and they have all these cool little fancy, smancy words that go together, and wow, that pastor can preach. Man, that music was off the hook. That was so amazing. That drummer was so good. Oh, my gosh, everything worked out so well. But that doesn't mean anything when you're at the hospice room. I'm I'm just telling you the truth. That doesn't mean anything. What matters is how connected are you to the good Lord above? How connected are you? All that matters is this. Are you standing on the solid rock or are you standing on sinking sand? 
Because I'm going to tell you, when life hits you, you're going to want with all of your heart to be on that solid rock because it will come and it will shake you down. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been in positions where life has hit you so hard, you can't even believe that you're still standing today. Anybody with me? Yes. You know what I'm talking about. It can get so intense. It, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I do not know how I'm going to get through this. Pastor Terry is my best friend. I was in a hospice. He was in Oregon at another place. I mean, his brother passed away the next day. This is hell on earth. This is family. This is, this is everything to us and is gone. Or so it seems. But the good news of Christ is that he is stronger. His love is stronger than the power of death. He is overcome. So when that actually happens, we have the God-given right to take heart and be strong and have hope, unwavering hope. I'm not talking about the cute hope. You know what I mean? Cute hope that just kind of comes and goes and when everything is nice, oh man, you know, I'm just feeling so filled with hope. No, because that's going to go so fast. What matters is how close we hold to the cross and what Christ did. There's a verse I want to share with you from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 21. And it says this. Don't let evil get the best of you. I'm reading from the message version. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Don't let evil get the best of you. You get the best of evil by doing good. Because let me tell you, family, when life happens and it hits you, you got two choices. You can either sink and go down with it, or you can remember that this is not the end, and that, in fact, you are still very, very victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me tonight? You have the right to either let evil get the best of you. What is evil, man? It's all this stuff. It's death. It's pain. It's cancer. It's brokenness. It's depression. It's doubt. It's fear. It's worry. It's anxiety. It's anger. Is anybody ever related to any of those things? That's what it is. That's what it is. And you can let that get the best of you. You can let it get the best of you, or you can get the best of it by turning away and doing the right thing, holding on, clinging to the cross and saying, I will not let go. Though he slay me, I will hold on. I will trust him. I will give it everything that I got. I will hang on with all of my might. I will not let this get the best of me. Some of you have walked through these doors tonight completely filled with despair. You don't know how you're going to get through. you got two choices. You can either let evil get the best of you, or you can get the best of evil by just turning a new leaf and say, you know what? It's time that I hold on to truth. And truth is that God is in control. I'm fascinated when I read the book of martyrs, and I find that there are these people in this young, small, tiny movement called Christianity, it was later called Christianity, first just called the way, people who followed the way of Christ. And these were people who were so confident in the love and hope of the resurrected Jesus that they were willing to die for him. And if you read about this, there were people getting killed every single day. And go, you read it for yourself, there were people dying with smiles on their faces. 
getting torn apart by lions, and they got a smile on their face. The head is over there, but he's smiling. Because he knows, he or she knows that this is not the end. That in fact, Jesus did come. Jesus did die, but it didn't end there. He rose again. This is not just an Easter message. This is life message. And it makes me wonder, how come we get so far off of this faith? It seems like they understood something that we miss. And that is this. Jesus won. Jesus won. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them, Jesus won. Jesus won. Don't be scared. Give them a high five. Do something. Let them know. If that's not good news, then you must be asleep. And that's all right, because sometimes you just need to sleep. Jesus won. This is good news. Imagine, imagine, imagine if we were to take for one moment this, this simple promise. Jesus has overcome. And apply that to wherever you are right now. Apply that to those bills that keep stacking high. Well, Jesus won. We can get through this. Apply that to the person who you love and have lost. Oh, Jesus won. It's not over. It's not over. Since we've last talked and I've been up here preaching, there has been so much that has happened. Mom is obviously the biggest one. But then there was another thing that happened. As you guys know, we're getting married soon. Yes. Love my lady. Got to do this. And I work really hard, you know, I'm just working hard for the money, trying to just take care of this woman. And, you know, I'm get, I, I got a house and got this house and start taking care of it. You know what I mean? Doing the best I can. I mean, taking care of it as much as I can, Marcus. You know, I'm not a handyman. Or Dwayne, who's wearing a matching shirt. I love you. Just wanted to point that out. I got this house and it's great. It's in this really nice neighborhood. I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome and I work really, really hard for it. And, uh, you know, a, a while ago, uh, two weeks ago, actually, I went and we were doing registry stuff and, you know, all that, uh, you know, we're almost there, you know, laughing at the Macy's. <laughs> I hope someone gets us this, blah, 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 blah. And everyone was nice. And then I came home to my house. I was talking to my father. I was like, yeah, daddy, something, something. And I opened up the door. I look in the living room, and all my stuff is gone. Yes. <laughs> all my stuff is gone. Got this TV that, let me admit, I was a little bit prideful about, okay? I mean, I never told you guys about this, but I love my TV. It was huge. It was awesome. And uh, it, it took up so much space. And I opened the door, and there's a big blank space where the TV used to be. What? I told my dad, Dad, I think I'm in route. What'd you say? I hung up on him. Called the police. Uh, I th- I've been, this is 911. Uh, what's your emergency? I've been robbed. Are you at your house now? Yes. Well, you need to get out the house. Why? Because they still may be in there. I hope they're still in here. I hope you're still in here. I was screaming it out. I hope you're still in here. You have to leave the house, sir. So I go outside and I call my friend. Like, oh, my God, I'm so. Uh. They got so much stuff. You guys know I'm a musician. My keyboards, drums, cymbals, they got it all. This was a grown man robbery. They mean, they had a whole team. I can laugh about it now, but this was a grown, yes, keyboard, TV. They got me. I got caught slipping, as they would say. And I can't tell you how angry I was on Monday night. We left. Pastor Terry came over, said a prayer for us. I was so angry while he was praying. (laughs) God, 
just help them to remember that you are a good God in control of all things. I'm just sitting there. I was so, so angry. So angry. And it brought up all these other feelings, you know, about mom and how, I know my mom, if she was here, she would have, she would have, sick or not, she would have been driving in her little pilot, looking around for people, where did you mess with my boy? I was just, I was thinking all of those things, but I was so angry. I was so angry. Have you ever been so angry that you just can't even function? Like your body actually feels hot? Anyone? Show of hands? Uh, you guys, are, thank you for being honest. Everyone else is like, no, I never get angry like that. I'm always calm. I'm always secure. I'm always nice. Whatever. <laughs> like, I was so angry. And it felt so, so wrong because it was so, so wrong. I even got back in my car and I drove around and looked all through my neighborhood like I'm going to find somebody. I was so angry that night. Why are you telling me all this, Chaplain Pete? I'm telling you this because you have two choices in life. What are you going to do? Are you going to let evil get the best of you? Are you going to get the best of evil by doing right, clinging to Christ and remembering the simple promise that he won? And besides, it's just stuff, right? Right, Jesse? (laughs) I'm still trying to convince myself of that. It's just stuff. All that matters in this life is that we are connected to the loving, living God who's on our side. When you and I started the journey of following Christ, I hope it was explained to you very well what you were getting into. And if maybe this is the first time, let me explain it to you very well. When you make a decision to follow the Lord, you're saying yes to love. You're saying yes to unconditional love and grace and mercy. You're saying yes, I will join in this way of Christ which says, hey, it's probably better that instead of being so angry, I actually forgive. Forgive your enemies? Yeah, that's a good thing. Love your enemies? Yeah, that's good. Because why is that good? Because if you're angry, like how I was angry on Monday night, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I was so angry. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. If you're so anxious and worried and fearful, that will keep you up at night. It will make you sick. You know what I'm talking about. Somebody knows exactly what I'm talking about. You're so anxious. I can't even sleep. I'm just so worried. You wake up worried. You wake up scared. You got to let it go and take on the way of Christ. So when you follow, when you say yes to the Lord, you're saying yes to his love, to his grace. And yes, I will share this with others. But you're also saying no to a lot of things. And saying that I will follow Jesus is a big, big thing. And the way... To unwavering hope is being secure in that decision. That Jesus, in fact, has won. I wish I could sit here, stand here and tell you that everything's going to be all right forever in this life. And it's just not true. Since Mama has passed, I've been to three other funerals in a matter of two months. One a homicide, other sickness, another just, you know getting older age. I mean, just, it's in two months. It's hard. But it's easy to be deceived by the here and now. What you see and hear right now can oftentimes be so deceptive. What's really going on is this. Christ 
is alive and well, and he is going to return for us, and he's going to take care of us. He's going to reunite us. He's making all things new. Imagine if you really accepted that in your heart. Imagine if you really accepted that in your heart, how different life would be. I'm going to ask Nate to come up. While he's coming up, I've asked Nate to sing a special song. Nate, the tall, gentle giant, who I'm honored to call my friend. He's so skinny and tall, sometimes it just scares me. But he's awesome. I asked him to to play a special song for us. And um, while he does, I just want you to listen to the words. And um, then I just want to have a special prayer for us. Think about what it means to say yes to God. Think about what unwavering hope means. And think about this. It's not impossible. You can take it from your little Mexican-German chaplain who stands up here today, who lost his mom and got his house robbed and still says, great is thy faithfulness. It's not about me. It's just about standing on the solid rock. You can, think, you, can, you can look at Chaplain Terry and say, wow, he lost his brother. A year ago, he lost his sister, and he's still up here preaching and teaching the good news with that big smile on his face. It's possible to have unwavering hope. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be good all the time. It just means that in the back of all of this confusion, you can have this solid promise that we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Just listen to the words of this song, and uh, we'll go from there. The entire lyrics to this song are, I have decided to follow Jesus. The cross before me, the world behind me. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Sing me with me if you want to. Turning back, no 
turning back Though none, though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning. Wow, to follow Jesus and all that that means, the right to smile in the face of death, the right to have unwavering hope, that's what it means to follow Christ. See, somewhere along the line, as Christians, we may have lost it. We may have lost this great, great weapon that we have, a secret weapon, if you will, that even though in this life, big troubles will come, and then eventually the ultimate trouble of death and separation, Jesus on the cross through his love and grace and power has overcome. That means that you and I, we got one up on this world, not by our strength, not by anything that we have done, but by the grace and power of Christ. When I was a little boy, my mom took a trip to Germany and I thought I'd never see her again. The only strength that I found was hanging on to my father. And now, as a young man, Sometimes it feels like I'll never see my mom again. But I find strength holding on to my father. And I'm reminded that it's not the end. And my hope is unwavering. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not trying to be Pastor Pete and anything about me. But I feel in my heart... I want to just give the opportunity for somebody, if you feel broken, if you have despair, if you're anxious, 
if you're just tired, then you need to be reminded of what it means to follow Christ, that you're victorious. So you're going you're gonna to get through this, that this. Maybe we could sum it all up in this. You're going to be okay. You are going to be okay. It's not going to be always easy, but you're going to be okay. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Maybe you need to be reminded of that this evening. And I know there's just a few of us, but if that's you, if you want that, I want to have a special prayer for you. I'm just going to invite you to stand where you are. Don't worry about anybody around you. Really, don't worry about anybody around you. Sometimes you just got to worry about yourself. It's a bold thing to stand up. And you're not alone. You're not alone. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.